0: Hey everyone, welcome back. This is PhD Plus Podcast. I'm here with um, a colleague. Her name is Marie Palmer. Marie is a a PhD or was a PhD student at UTS with me. Um, She has now completed her PhD and uh, we're just going to have a conversation about quite a number of things. So you'll probably be seeing Marie in not just this episode, but a couple of other episodes. But hey, welcome Marie. Thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Hi Chi Chi, uh, I'm very pleased to be here and uh, to share my uh, my experience as a PhD candidate at UTS. Now I'm a doctor, I officially Woo-hoo! graduated in, um, at the end of May. I think it was a difficult, it, w- it was a weird moment because because of COVID we didn't have any graduation ceremony. No, nothing like that. So I just received my diploma, my records by email saying, hey, you know, Doctor, (laughs) it was a complete anti climax after so long waiting for it. So, well, I can say (laughs) that now I can introduce myself as Dr. Palmer.
0: Okay, so let me introduce you again. Hey, everyone. This (laughs) is Dr. Marie Palmer. (laughs) Thank you, Chi Chi. Thank you. Uh, Well, Marie, thank you so much for agreeing to come to the show. Um, One of the things that I really want to do with this podcast is to help to normalize the PhD process and, you know, help people to understand the different aspects of PhD life that we don't really get to hear about when we attend workshops or when we go to open days if we're thinking about doing a PhD, but these are things that are important to know. So one of the things that we're talking about today, which you have experience on, is When the Supervisor-Supervisee Relationship Goes Sour. So can you share a bit of a PhD story with us?
1: Okay, so I began my PhD in March 2015 with a supervision team um, that was not the supervision team that I had in mind because when I, I contacted the uni, I uh, I contacted a professor there that said that he would supervise my PhD. But when I uh, received my official offer, first the supervisor was different. Okay. He was a supervisor that was just arriving at UTS. And so I didn't know him. And I was quite surprised that his expertise was still in communication, but uh, in something that is quite different from okay. my field.
0: Do you know why that change occurred?
1: I don't know exactly. I couldn't ask. Well, nobody could really answer that, but it was not a change for good because when I arrived, I sent a message to my new supervisor saying, hey, uh, my name is Marie. I just arrived in Australia. I would be keen to meet you as I officially starting my PhD in, in a week. I didn't get any answer to that email. <laughs> my, wow. my supervisor had disappeared because he was actually doing a um, visiting fellowship in another university. Right. So during the first four months of my PhD, I had no supervisor. No way. I contacted the person that was supposed to be my alternate supervisor and she said, oh, but is your principal supervisor not here? I said, no, I didn't get any answer for him. So she, she was the one who told me that he was actually in a, a visiting a fellowship abroad. Right. And she said that as it happened in many cases, she was put as an alternate supervisor, but uh, she couldn't supervise my uh, PhD because it was not a field of expertise. And so she said that it was very nice, but uh, she could advise some supervisors in other uni, but not especially at UTS. So during four months, I had no supervision at all. First thing, don't do like me, saying like, okay, I'll wait patiently for my supervisor. It is important. I might not want to look for trouble. When you don't have any supervisor or your supervisor has disappeared, is somewhere in the world that doesn't answer your message, please go to the administration and mention that. Good I advice. think it, 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 was, it was a mistake. I didn't say anything. Right. I didn't raise my mm-hmm. hand and say, hey, my supervisor is not here. I should I should have done something about it. But I didn't know I was just arriving in Australia. Mm -hmm. I didn't know the code of academia in Australia. I think in Australia, the administration is a bit more protective than it can be in France, my home
0: country. A bit more protective of the uh, faculty or of students?
1: Of students. Okay. in france probably nobody would have done anything i I think that in Australia they might have done something okay so Let's go to down. go to the administration and mention your problem because even if they can't solve it they need to keep that in your records instead mm-hmm. of if if you have an issue a bit later in your uh PhD journey, mm-hmm. you need to be able to prove, hey, I had an issue at the beginning, I mentioned it to you, so please now take it into account. After that, so after four months, I finally received an email from my supervisor saying, hey, I'm in Australia, I'd like to meet you, like, yeah. as if nothing. And it happened that this supervisor was very political, has a lot of responsibilities, and he probably and the university. Yes, and, uh, and in general, okay. in life. And so he probably didn't have time to supervise properly my PhD candidature. So yes, I was officially his PhD student, but he didn't have time to take care of me. So he decided to have a co-supervisor. That was his plan. And the co-supervisor was actually a very young academic and an academic that had previously been in my spot as a PhD student of that supervisor. And I think that there was first a lack of experience Mm -hmm. to supervise a PhD and a weird relationship where I had to integrate myself between a supervisor and a former PhD student. So there was no space for me in that. It was very difficult.
0: Mm. And I was just wondering, did this principal supervisor have other PhD students at the time? I don't know. To be
1: honest, I don't know. I I really don't know. And I I I couldn't speak to anybody because I tried. First, as a PhD student, if you're not part of a center or part of a team, you're a bit isolated. Especially when you arrive in a country, it's very difficult. And it's difficult to grab information. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, For example, I discovered that you could have a desk and a computer because one of the students told me, "Ah, you don't have a desk already? Nobody told me that I could ask for a desk. Nobody told me that I could ask for a computer. Mm -hmm. I had bought a computer before going to Australia because nobody had told me that I could request a computer. So there's obviously a lack of information Mm -hmm. regarding the first things that you should do when you arrive. Maybe it's a job of a supervisor, but as in my case, my supervisor was not here. Nobody told me about the desk. Nobody Mm. told me about the computer. Not nothing.
0: And that's probably something that the faculty should do. You know, they should, there should be kind of a welcome pack pre-arrival telling you these are the things you should know. This is what you're entitled to XYZ.
1: Yes, and I I think that at Tunisia is a welcoming week, but the welcoming week, actually I received my offer at the end of January and the welcoming week was somewhere at the end of February. You know, come on, Australia is... 17,000 kilometers far from Europe. I had a job. I had an apartment. I had a relationship. You know, I I need to plan to move to Australia. I can't go from a day to another and to say, okay, goodbye in three Mm -hmm. weeks. I will have packed everything. I would have packed my life and moved to Mm -hmm. Australia. So I couldn't go there. So there's many things that are not, that that didn't go uh, in the very smooth way for me. And the, the thing is that, yes, I ask a lot of students because I'm very social. I met a lot of people there. So I try to, to build an important network. But when it deals with the supervised relationship in itself, I think that PhD students are very careful and they don't want to say anything about their supervisors. Mm. That is bad as that can be repeated. So when I begin to say, hey, I have issues, my supervision experience is difficult. Mm. I am experiencing a lot of difficulties with my supervisors and about my work and it's not going well. Most of people told me, Ah, I don't understand. My supervisor is fantastic. It's the best (laughs) supervisor in the world. I really love him. I'm so glad I had him. And oh, yes, um, I've read so many things. My literature review is finished. I'm on my way for my PG confirmation. Blah, 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 blah. So I have been, I I felt very lonely. And I had the impression that I was the only one experiencing Mm -hmm. some trouble. So at that point, you just wonder if the issue was mine. Maybe the you're the problem. Was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I I doubt a lot, and I think that when something's going wrong, everything is beginning to get wrong in life. It's yeah. like uh, in French we say that problems are flying in escadrilles. So they're flying in groups, woo, 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 together. And it what happened? So I begin to doubt myself. So I begin to have problems also in my personal life. I begin to be depressed. And it has been a really, really, really vicious circle. Yeah. Until the moment I had to say something to somebody, I began to have some physical issues. My back and my shoulders were very painful. Wow. And I couldn't move. I stayed in bed for like three weeks because I was blocked like that. Wow. I think because of stress. And I could have stayed like that for a month, but something very great arrived. It was the PT confirmation, what we call the stage one at UTS. Mm-hmm after a year or a year and a half you have to present uh, your project and your confirmation is either uh, confirmed or cancelled. And uh, I was asking about that for a couple of months with my supervisor and I told them I have to do that. They didn't know about that. They didn't prepare me for that until the moment they received an email from administration saying, hey, what is your PhD student doing? The last date to do the stage one is in a month. Wow. So at that point, I couldn't cope with the situation it was too much stress. I did my stage one. My supervisor, by that time I changed my topic, they had organized a PhD project that was their PhD project and not any longer my PhD project. And so I was not happy with that. And I said, oh my gosh, I would never be able to do two more years like that. And I requested help for somebody at GRS. She was a very experienced lady and very nice. And she said, obviously, this is not what we are expecting from a student after a year and a half. There is a massive issue. Mm -hmm. And she helped me. So she helped me navigate the administration. So this lady saved my PhD.
0: Wow. That's that's fantastic. Yes. This is after a year and a half. Yes. So you have to struggle with this issue with supervision for a year and a half. That's almost half of your candidature.
1: Yes. And that lady told me to go to the counsellor because I was obviously not in a great state. She helped me to, even if I was in a very bad shape or every time I was, Talking to somebody, I was beginning to cry and uh, to uh, throw a tantrum. I was in a very, very poor shape mm-hmm. at that time. I was really depressed. She helped me to navigate, to go uh, to see the dean, to talk to the dean, to explain my problem. She also helped me to find a new supervisor, which has been very difficult because at the really beginning, a uh, university suggested me to move on to another university. And I said, "Come on, I'm coming from France. I'm 17,000 kilometers far from my from my country. I got a scholarship from UGS.
0: I can't move." Was that at the end of your PhD confirmation or before that? How did that? Happen? I
1: did. I never finished my PhD confirmation because I did only the oral part. Okay. And I didn't send the written part. I couldn't. I couldn't reach document that was satisfying. I couldn't do that. I knew that the PhD project was not mine. I was not mentally able to finish what I had begun. So when somebody told me, uh, hey, you should think about moving to another university, I said, what? You should just help me. And with the support of that lady from GRS, uh, I found a new supervisor, I took a leave of absence, I could solve the administrative problem, and I could go on vacation for five months. <laughs> uh, Much uh, needed that vacation. Yes, and um, I, I needed to uh, define by myself if I wanted to follow with the PhD experience or not, because I was not sure at that, that moment. So how did you and navigate
0: changing your supervision team? Was that an easy process? You had this help from the lady at GRS. That's the Graduate Research School. Was it an easy process? Were there stigmas attached to that? Did you feel like you were going to be victimized by other faculty because you had wronged one of their own?
1: Uh, yes, it was very difficult to find a new supervisor and nobody really wanted to supervise me. So the dean had to offer a supervisor and finally I found a supervisor on my own. That was from another faculty who was a very experienced man, close to retirement. So he was okay with that. He didn't care. He really didn't care. and He said didn't that care way. about the politics. Oh, yes, I'll help you to save your PhD. Wow. It was not my expertise, but with his pedagogy and inexperience and his generosity, he helped me through the PhD experience, which was much more important than mm-hmm. academic knowledge in itself. So I just decided to change supervisor officially and to prepare everything before leaving to my country for a vacation because mm-hmm. I knew that otherwise it would be more, much more difficult to come back. Because if you have to come back and this is already a mess and you have to face the mess, you would probably not come back. That's so right. I solved the mess previous to taking the leave of Absence.
0: From when your candidature started to when you changed your supervision team, how long was that? Was that up to two years before you made that final no. change?
1: No, I, as I said earlier, I began my PhD in, I think it was not March 2015, but April. I think that it was the 1st of April 2015, and I went back to Europe in October 2016. Okay. Until October, yes, mid-October 2016 to March 2017.
0: Okay, so it took you a year and a half to change your supervision team? Basically, yes. Wow.
1: Not to change my supervision team, between the moment I begin Mm -hmm. to the moment I uh, decided to change. Okay. But the the process in itself was very quick. Okay. You just send a form, it's like... It's very quick. You okay. don't even have to see your supervisor. You can mm-hmm. just say anything, send to the dean the form and say, I want to change my supervisor and my new supervisor will be blah, blah, blah.
0: The hard part was finding someone else who would agree to supervise you.
1: Yes. And also um, understanding that you need to change supervisor. Mm.
0: So a lot of PhD students probably don't even know that they can change their supervisors if they need no. to.
1: No. It's difficult. So there's three steps. The moment that you understand that you need to change supervisor, the moment that you take your decision, um, to change supervisors, the moment that you find a new supervisor, and the moment that you officially change supervisor.
0: That's quite a process to navigate, to even it come is. to that point. And if you don't have anyone who has shared their experience, If you don't have any point of reference, then you probably don't even know that it's a possibility.
1: Exactly. It's very difficult. Mm -hmm. I didn't consider changing my supervisor. The lady who helped me at the graduate school told me that it was possible. So you didn't you didn't even know it
0: was possible?
1: No. I was knowing that somebody was not right in my relationship. Mm -hmm. I understood that is that when you are in a love relationship with somebody and you see that things are not going well because it's not working any longer. Everything's Mm -hmm. difficult. So I noticed that, but I didn't know that I could change and I didn't know how to change it. I didn't know if it was my fault or not. So it has been a very long process to identify that. A, no, that was not Australia. It was not due to cultural shock, that it was not entirely my fault, and that I could do something about it. So it took quite a long time. I would have been in France, in a culture that I know, with more experience, because I'm not from a research background. My background is journalism. I'm from the industry. So I don't know how university work, yeah. itself. So it was difficult. The difference of background, different country, different culture, everything made that much more difficult. In a normal industry context, for example, in a newsroom in France, if I see that kind of behavior, I can identify that this is not working and I should move on. Mm. But in Australia, in academia, I
0: couldn't identify the problem very quickly.
1: So you mentioned
0: just now that... You weren't entirely the problem. Do you think you were in any way part of the problem?
1: I think part of it in itself, because if I had been stronger in a stronger context, as I told you, for example, in a newsroom in France, I would have been able to react in an adequate way
0: Very quickly but, as well
1: Yes But instead of reacting I just developed the kind of things Like oh my gosh I need mm. to protect myself I'm inadapted right. I doubt myself right. I lost completely my self-confidence right. I said that I couldn't do anything And that they were right And I was not understanding mm, So yes wow. Probably for somebody Who is doing a PhD An Australian student Just after the master Entering a PhD experience. Would enough experience that? Because so they I think would know. It, Yeah. Or, or it's a conjunction of factors. So there's too many things to just point one factor. There's a combination yeah. of factor. So yes, I do have my part of responsibility. After four months with that supervisor, at the really beginning, I should have said, "Hey," or at a time that I felt that something was not right, I should have asked for help, and I so- didn't.
0: I was just going to ask you, but you've answered the question. I was going to ask you what you could have done differently. But yes, just speaking out early enough, early in the game, instead of waiting for as long as you did to realize that there is a problem and it needs to be fixed. And again, I think just having the knowledge you didn't know, so go to the right sources. If PhD students aren't talking about it, then maybe go to faculty or go to the graduate school. There has to be someone there who can talk about it and who can help you navigate that?
1: I think that it's very difficult to... What is missing at university and in universities in general is somebody uh, who can help you with those issues somebody who is kind of a counselor but not a counselor in the sense of mental health support
0: mm-hmm.
1: but a counselor to navigate maybe we should have a student mentor yeah something like that
0: yeah i know that in um in the states in the united states PhD students usually have academic advisors. Uh, I yeah. don't know if that's different from their supervisor. I think there is some difference because even non-PhDs who are students still have, like undergrads also have academic advisors. And yeah. it would be good to instate that, let that be commonplace in universities so that students know that if you have a problem, go and talk to this person. They will help you. Yes. navigate it's that problem.
1: They might be here for undergrad students, but I don't know. After four years and a half at UTS, I don't even know who is that person. So there's an issue of communication
0: here. So now I know that at UTS, they have HDR coordinators. So I think that maybe those people could be some points of contact. If one is having those issues. Yes.
1: But the thing is that I think that what you need is somebody who is exterior because you don't want somebody who is a friend of your supervisor. That's to right. That's right. It's not that. It's that yeah. it was for me, I couldn't go and talk to somebody that was maybe under the responsibility mm-hmm. of my supervisor. I couldn't do that. Yeah. Because you say that you you understand that you don't want to put people, to put them into trouble. And you want somebody who is more neutral. Yes, yes.
0: The, someone who has nothing would, to lose.
1: <laughs> yes. Something, maybe not directly the ombudsman, but somebody would be a counsellor of ombudsman. Somebody who is mm. neutral, not in your school and not attached to your faculty.
0: What advice would you give to students struggling in this area?
1: I would say that the first thing to do is trying to talk to your supervisor. If talking to the supervisor doesn't work and you see that the dialogue is not leading anywhere, you can look for, it's important to have some help and to look for some support that can advise you how to navigate the situation and don't think that you're always the problem. And I'd say that you don't have to consider that your supervisor is your boss. A supervisor is not supposed to be a boss. A supervisor is a mentor, is a facilitator Is somebody who is supposed to help you to be a future academic? So, somebody who is giving you a hand to help you to become a future colleague is not supposed to look at you as like a a student and inferior things like that. And this is very important.
0: That's right.
1: So, if you can't have this kind of relationship, probably move
0: on. Fair enough. And the final question is, what could faculty and graduate schools do better in this area based on your own experience?
1: I think they can supervise better uh, supervisors, limiting the number of students. Paying them more, because actually supervisors are paid 20 minutes a week, which is nothing. Okay, I didn't know that. Paying them more, supervising more, having a kind of preparation for supervisors, especially for young supervisors, Mm -hmm. some kind of guidelines. And also they should introduce better the fact that the relationship between a student and a supervisor is the core of the phd this is yeah. the most important thing yeah
0: absolutely it's very important well thank yeah. you so much marie for sharing your experience not all rosie but look at you four and a half years later you have your doctorate congratulations I hope that this episode has helped someone. If you're struggling with supervisor relationship, please do speak out, seek help, seek support. Make sure you get it sorted sooner rather than later. Thank you so much for listening. Hope to see you next time. Bye for now.